friends. Welcome to Play on Words, a musical podcast where we talk all things Broadway. I'm your host, Lainey, and today we're going to be taking a deep dive into Dreamgirls. I'm here today with my good friend, Gay Brute. Hi. And we're so excited to talk about this fantastic show. Let's just get into it, shall we? All right, so just introducing the show. It was created by Henry Krieger and Tom Ian with a film adaptation written and directed by Bill Condon, like pretty later after um, the Broadway. This story takes strong inspiration from the history of Motown Records and follows the all-girl group, the Dreamettes, which includes Effie White, Dina Jones, and Laurel Robinson. It's a roller coaster of events with these girls first starting out as a small town group performing for talent shows and then getting noticed and recruited by Curtis, who presents himself as their new manager and gets them a job as backup singers for the R&B star Jimmy Early. Then when Curtis creates his own record company, the Dreamettes become a real deal with a new name, The Dreams, and a new image of being a top-selling mainstream pop group. Effie ends up getting pushed out of the spotlight by Dina, and Curtis takes over all creative aspects of the group, and things begin to unravel, revealing the high cost of fame. So, that's just a little quick synopsis for all y'all. Um, the original Broadway cast members include Jennifer Holliday, Cheryl Lee Ralph, and Loretta Devine, and the first performance opened on December 20th, 1981. Then, based on this musical, a film adaptation, like I said before, was created and premiered in 2006 with cast members Jennifer Hudson, Beyonce, and Anika Noni Rose. So, after that cute little tidbit for all you guys who may not be as familiar with Dreamgirls, I hope that you're fascinated and want to keep going on this journey with us. So, starting out with my first question for Gabe. Being a huge Dreamgirls fan, what sparks such an interest for you in this show? Um, I love Dreamgirls because I was in it, so I got to <laughs> I got to live in it for like two months. But um, I really love the show because I think it's I think musically it stands out so far from everything that not only was going on in the time on Broadway, but going on in general since on Broadway. It was unique, and especially for the 1980s, there was nothing like this, and there hasn't really been anything like that. This, I would argue, uh, in terms of the musical inspirations and what it did with R&B and soul and um, and disco and all that, um, through that show at that time, and I think it was so ahead of its time, and I just, and I think the characters, and spe- specifically Effie White, and the performances by Jennifer Hudson and Jennifer Holliday, really made the show like memorable for years and years and years and it's why people still talk about it today because the character of Effie White is such a prestigious role for someone to be able to play and it's so groundbreaking when someone can really hit it and really hit the the moments and the music and can sing like that and act like that it's just something special to me and I think what it's done for black stories on Broadway and what it's done for stories about women too on Broadway I I think I just think it was so far ahead of its time and it's crazy that it that that it was made in 1981 and that's why it was so successful as a movie 35 years later 25 years later 
That's embarrassing. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Bro's an actor. He can't math. I, 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 I took my math last time in junior year I'm, of, of high school. Sorry. Um. <laughs> That's awesome. What? That's crazy. So would you say that Effie White is like, you would look up to her? Oh, yeah. Oh like, yeah, she's your inspo. She's she's the blueprint, dude. She's <laughs> the it girl. I feel like if someone can play Effie or has played Effie, I'm like I'm like on my knees. You know what I mean? I'm like you are her. Bowing down. You are her. Yes. And it was the it was also y'all don't know, but it was the introduction of Jennifer Hudson. Jennifer Hudson is all that everywhere these days. But that was her introduction in 2006. Can you imagine being introduced as playing the character that can sing better than Beyonce? Literally. And make Beyonce the pretty one and you're the one that can sing? That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. So true. And you ain't never been in no movie? That's crazy. Oh, man. Holy moly. And it's also <laughs> it's also interesting because like the story of Effie White is so much more powerful than how Broadway plays women in their shows a lot because a lot of women are like they're very like oh I'm just gonna go after the guy or oh I'm just like a cute little girl who doesn't know what I'm doing but Effie White is a fucking powerhouse Mm -hmm. excuse my French like she's insane she's insane and it really is especially I keep saying for the time on Broadway but it's it's wild to me because it's a character that is allowed to not be pretty when performing and she can make these groundbreaking performances nothing to do with how she looks she actively her role in the show is being the one who isn't as pretty as dina jones but she makes like and i'm telling you i'm not going that song at the end of act one she she just makes it something so special and so raw it's so raw from the Mm -hmm. heart and i think that's something you don't get as much from women on broadway you get it from men. Men yeah. get to be angry and yell and be They get ugly. to be angsty. They get to be angsty and do whatever they want. But women... Women have to stand there, be pretty, and whatever. So. But she's growling. She's making faces. She's pregnant. And she doesn't <laughs> know it. She It's, it's fucking, like, guttural. That whole song. That's why it's, like, my favorite Broadway song Ever. I think the, the, the stakes of the emotions and what it represents and the performances. Oh my god, literally. She's she's such a character that I feel like changed a lot of shows. Like we we all know that rent was like a huge turning point in theater with like how shows were being written because we only knew like Andrew Lloyd Webber and Stephen mm-hmm. Sondheim. But with shows like Dream Girls completely changing the story of what theater can be, I think, is really, really interesting with mm-hmm. how their characters were played. Um, so after all of that gushing, if someone came up to you saying they would like to see it and asked for your opinion, what would be your approach? What would you say to them? Uh, well, I'd be like, like they want to see it like like a production of it? Or yeah. Like, yeah. Or, like, or if you're just interested in it, I'd be like, Watch the movie. The movie's a really good adaptation, I think. Yeah. It's a it's a really good movie musical. It's probably my favorite music, movie musical. I don't generally love them that much, but um, it's probably my favorite. I think the casting is absolutely on point. Jamie Foxx as Curtis is, and his dynamic with Jennifer Hudson and Beyonce is incredible. The cast is stacked. And Eddie Murphy. I, I would argue Eddie Murphy's character of Jimmy Early is more powerful in in is significantly more powerful in the movie 
than it was in the original Broadway performance. They added more dynamics and higher stakes for him instead of just being kind of a goofball who's kind of a dick. You know what I mean? Excuse my French. <laughs> but um, I, 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 I would say watch the movie and if, if you don't even want to watch the whole thing, like listen to a few of the songs that might be interesting. It's one of the only shows where I'd be like, you could listen to some of those songs like on their own and you could enjoy them as songs, I think. I, I don't, I never listen to like musicals on their own. Yeah, I, I, I it's don't. really hard. It's not my thing, it's it's awkward. <laughs> and people Just are like, oh, bit. I listened to that. And I'm like, why would you like... listen to it? And it's like so theatery, but definitely a lot of the songs are theatery because it's still musical theater. Mm-hmm. But um, I think there's a significant portion of the soundtrack that I'm like, this is just banging fucking music. Yeah. Like, if, if you want a track to, to bop out to, fucking the disco version of, oh, what's it called? What's it called? What's it called? The one... Pulling out his phone right now. Phone. Look at it up. Sorry. It I happens. It. it happens. Don't also, if you listen it. to it, I'd argue you should listen to the West End cast of it. The London oh, cast. The Lon- West End. I'm sorry, but the West End, usually I've seen better footage of productions from there than mm-hmm. I have at the Broadway in New York lately. They're cooking. They're but cooking. They are there. cooking. Because this one was also in 2017. This yeah. is a lot more recent. And no, exactly. The the casting is really great. My uh, Tyrone Huntley plays C.C. White, who I don't think was in the synopsis, but he's Effie's brother and he's the songwriter. He's young and innocent. That's who I played. So I have a connection to him. And Tyrone Huntley, like, he is magical. He was, he was, um, he was Judas at the West End, too, in Jesus Christ Superstar, and I loved him. I mean, I didn't see it, but I saw yeah. the main song that he <laughs> sings and it was so sexy. Um, <laughs> but, um, one Night Only is what I was referring to. One Night Only disco version is something you could actually, like, mm. bop to, is what I'm saying. Yes. But, um, no, yeah, I just say, watch the movie, just feel it. Like, just don't even, you don't even have to really think of it as a musical. The movie feels like a movie more than a movie musical. It's like 70-30, you know what I mean? They changed a lot of dynamics of how yeah. much they do things, and they cut, and there are a few things I wish were more in the in the thing, but if you really care, there's an extended version of the soundtrack where you can hear them all singing the rest of the stuff. But it's just a genuinely really good movie, incredibly well acted. Oh, it's amazing. So good, so good. Yeah, I personally haven't seen the movie, but after you saying how good it is, I think I'll have to go home <laughs> and watch it right away. It's on. It's on a streaming service. I can't remember what. Amazing. But it's it's out there. It's not. It's pretty old. So yeah, oh, almost yeah. twenty years old. That's. <sighs> Wow. That <laughs> 2006 is almost 20 years. Holy cow. Okay. Um, so like you said before, you've been in this production, and that's why yes. it has such a such mm-hmm. a such a place in your heart. I was in the only community theater production <laughs> of Dreamgirls in Utah that's ever been done for logistical reasons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah Utah's not very um <clears throat> diverse. Um <laughs> yeah. It was rough. So, but we got lucky, and we had people that could play the stuff. Yeah, we, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Except we were struggling so hard for black men in particular. Mm. We straight up had to cut a character named Wayne. Wayne doesn't fucking exist. We took his lines, and we spread him. We sprinkled it into other characters, and it was fine. <laughs> That's awesome. Who cares about Wayne? Yeah, no, literally. <laughs> Who even is he? I barely know him. <laughs> That's what theater is all about. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was a really good production. We were so blessed to have a girl who could eat Effie White. Like, it was, I don't know where they found her, but she's crazy. I think she's trying to be a musician now, 
um, like on and her she own, should. but she. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so yeah, having had the opportunity, do you want to talk more about what your experience was? Oh like? yeah, sorry, I skipped. Hey, no, um, you're good. No, you're good. It was. We're it just was, going with the flow. It was a really, it was a really fun production, and I mean there was little dramas and stuff like the girl. Let me give you some tea. The girl who ended up playing Dina Jones was my old voice teacher um, from when I, like, started learning to sing and stuff, and she helped me for, like, two years and stuff. And she was, let's be real, she was the token black woman of that community theater. And she was cool with it because she got cool roles and she could sing her ass off. Like, not that she didn't deserve it. She could sing her ass off at whatever she did. And I think, and she was a little, some people were a little jaded because she ended up getting Dina because the girl in question named Casey her name was Casey Whitby, and on Facebook, her name is Whitby Houston, which is crazy. That's crazy. No, but her, her name's Casey. She pulled up, and she was like, bah, bah, But it was a really fun production. It was a lot smaller scale. It's in, like, you've been to the theater. It's a small mm-hmm. little thrust stage. It's a community theater, and it was a small cast. We only had a few, a few ensemble members, but I feel like it is a show that works really well on a small scale. Um, but it could, but also is great on a large scale. It's really adaptable in that way because it has those huge bombastic numbers, but it's also really intimate in a lot of in a lot of sequences. And I think being close to the performers helps in that dynamic to it. But um, though we did, we did have to close early no. before because of COVID. Because, because one of our because our Curtis got COVID. Damn him. And I haven't forgiven him since. <laughs> we we didn't get our last Hold weekend. Hold that grudge. But it's okay. We had like three weekends before that. That's awesome. It was it was an awesome show. And um, I don't know if you know him, but Coulter Lincoln, who who was in the PADP, he 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 did lights for Old Man the Old Moon. He like went to my yeah. high school and he he did the lights for that show. He made it look like That's a cool. '60s concert, like with there's so much smoke, but like it looks so good. The lights, the costumes. Oh, I still love That's the awesome. costumes because it's. It's such a cool show design-wise yeah. that someone could do because it's so flashy and it's the 60s and the 70s. 60s, early 70s is a little span, but um, like the costumes and it's it's like performers, right? So they're in crazy gowns, crazy wigs, and crazy suits, you know what I mean? And, and the set... The set was pretty minimal for us, but uh, there's a lot of cool things you could do with it that like make it look like a stage and all that. And the lighting was beautiful because it's like a concert. Oh, it's so good. Um, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. In a heartbeat. Did you get to keep the clothes? I've never gotten to keep clothes from a show. I didn't know people got to do that. I've never gotten to, but I've had times where I wanted to. I had a really beautiful suit that I wanted to, but I couldn't. Though, for the let me tell you something. So, for the listeners not knowing, I got a little bit of a fro going on, okay? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I got a little something. And um, from when they were first talking about what to do with my hair, my hair was a lot smaller back then because it was 2021. 20, and um, what they had me do first, they had me straighten my hair. I had to get a pompadour. Wait, yeah. is this that picture that you've shown some of us in the program? Yeah, that was a, that was a failed attempt. Okay. But um, I had to spend, like, $100 a week at my hairdresser. Oh, my God. And getting my shit done every week. And I, I'd have to, like, wrap it all up and shit. And I looked so silly. <laughs> I looked unbelievably silly. And then the second half of the run, 
I was just like, I, I can't do it. I can't make it over to Salt Lake to go get my hair done. I don't have time. Can I just fluff it out and make it like an Afro Afro? Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, I like that better. And I was like, you could have told, told me that. You could have told me that. You could have told me that. That's crazy. I looked so silly for so long. <laughs> and Effie had an Afro too, so it was me matching. Fuck. She didn't know my hair could do that. That's hilarious. I've had people tell me I got Puerto Rican hair, but when I fluff it out, mm. I can have a fro, bro. Wait, Don't you should do me. that one day. I, I do sometimes. It's a little hard to make it like a perfect bro, though. Yeah. You gotta, psh, psh. I do sure. it sometimes. My shit's a little raggedy right now. Y'all don't know that. This is a podcast. I apologize. <laughs> um, Bring bro back yeah, to reality. Um, I played C.C. White, and I loved it, and I would play C.C. White again in another heartbeat. There's also a lot of versions of that show, so mm-hmm. I would you know, I could finesse another version. We did a kind of weird script but it still worked. We just had to change things. Our music director took a lot of liberties, which I was cool with because it yeah. ended up a better. Our music director was also our Curtis. It's one. Of, it's a community. Yeah. Yeah. But it worked really well because he was constantly involved. Um, but music was a really hard part because the music is not easy in that show because it's super complicated. There's a lot of it, and everyone sings the ass off all the time. But if I, in the future, when I got older... Give me five, ten years, I would love with my whole pussy to to play Curtis, bro, or yeah. Jimmy Early if I could sing like that. Jimmy Early is, I, if I if I could sing like that, I would do that in a heartbeat. But he he sings. Jimmy's different. I mean, you sing. So don't you play with me. No, I'm not. I'm not talking about singing. I'm talking about singing. I mean, like, if you if you listen, he's he's going crazy. He's like he's like based off of James Brown, right? Oh yeah. yeah so yeah. it's up in the rafters, and he's got all these riffs and all the ah ah all the all the ads. <laughs> ah, let me get me down. That's how he talks yeah. the whole time. Let me taste something. But um, he sings his ass off the whole show. But I'd love to do that one day when I could do that, and someone else in the universe does Dream Girls, um, or Curtis, just anything. I love that show. Really, really. I mean, that's why I'm talking about it. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, one time I saw a video of a gender bent Effie White. Not that I would do it because I'm not like that, but it was like this like countertenor belter, and it was like a gay story, right? And it was really good. I wasn't expecting it, but it was in the same key too. That's a slay. Motherfucker was crazy. That's a slay. I saw it on TikTok, but I didn't see that. Amazing. You're gonna have to send me this. I will find it. Are able to? Yeah. 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 Um. Cool. So the song that, like your favorite song, if you could pick one, would it be that disco mm-hmm. song or would it be a different one? I mean, the easy answer. I would say, and I'm telling you, I'm not going. Avi, of course. It's like, it's the, it's the song from Dreamgirls. It's the song. It's like my mm-hmm. favorite musical theater song. But other than that, because I've already talked about it so much and everyone knows it's so good, I really like. I really like. Um, I really like Step Into the Bad Side. That's Ooh. the guy's song. That's mm-hmm. when that's when they're they're getting a little dastardly, a little devious, and they all sing together, which is really cute because a bunch of angry men singing together. Okay. <laughs> but, so angsty. Um, CC did a, 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 a thing in that too, so that's probably why I'm connected to it, but it was mm-hmm. all the guys together and they sing and there's a dance break. Like, oh, it's, it's, such a, it's such a good vibe. It's so fun. And then it transitions through, like, through the song, it, tra- it has a really cool transition into a performance of the same song. Because a lot of the songs in this, they start as songs like a theater song, mm-hmm. and then they transition into songs that CeCe wrote, and they and they um, 
like become songs that the the dreams perform right and then jimmy early sings it and he goes crazy on that track that's that he he has a little another song that i really like is jimmy's rap Mm. which is the funniest shit Mm -hmm. on earth yeah did you listen to it i was i well i think i've listened to it i don't know you might have but i was also doing my research and there was like a little a little piece in the article that i was reading about Mm -hmm. it that talks about him doing his little rap. The rap is the silliest <laughs> shit on earth. And, and here's the thing. In my community, the, the dude who played Jimmy had never done a show before. He didn't mm. know how to sing. But he's the funniest motherfucker I've ever seen. <laughs> he's so funny. He's like a 6'1", like, bald, bearded, scary-looking-ass black guy, right? And he's, 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 like, intense, and he's whatever. And then you actually talk to him. <laughs> mm. And once you're, he gets a little comfortable, he's like, he's a fucking clown. Dude, he's Literally. so funny. And it's a whole song where he's like, hop, hippity hop. My name is that Jimmy is and I'm here to song. say, like, whatever. It's so funny. So good. I really love that song. And One Night Only, disco version, which is a song you're not supposed to be happy about plot-wise. Because, mm. like, it's One Night Only by Effie's version. <laughs> Taylor's version. Whatever. Oh, Effie's yeah. version is beautiful. And that song, like, made me cry once. Um, but the way the way that girl did it. But a disco version, that's probably the one I would turn on if I had to, like, root a song from the show. Yeah. Because it's a whole banger. Mm-hmm. Shit's crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's it, probably. That's awesome. That's a slay. There's, no. a, lot of, there's a lot of groovy songs. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of, like, shows where they, like, take a song that's, like, meant to be, like, this really, really heartfelt song, mm-hmm. and then they take it way out of that zone and turn it into something that's, like, delicious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, yeah. I think that's totally what it does, but it's so cool how it weaves in the story, because mm-hmm. it's the same song, but no, exactly. it's so different, the way that they, the way that they arranged it. And there's so many cool ensemble bits in that. It was complicated as hell. It took us like a week to get that shit down. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. But um, no, it, the, 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 the like orchestration of it, it's a totally different track with the same lyrics and tune. But you could listen, uh, you literally listen to Effie's version. You're like, oh, it's so beautiful because it's so emotional and touching. Mm-hmm. And then it's the next one. You're like, oh, we're just horny. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> but I'm grooving anyway. You know Write that saying? down. Oh, I'm just horny. That's, oh, I'm just horny? <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. It's such a good representation, the way that they orchestrated that song, of what they're, like, trying to express about the changing the meaning of CeCe's song that he wrote. Because he wrote it to be so tender for Effie and all that. And that's when a big divide happens because, you know, Dino records it and all that. Yeah. Stuff. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. We all hate Dino. Um <laughs> We don't really hate Dino, we hate Curtis. We hate Curtis. Curtis is pulling the strings. That's the thing. Dina ain't really got malice. She's just taking what's given to her, and I don't really fault her for that. She's kind of a dick sometimes, but Effie is also kind of a dick a lot Mm -hmm. of the time, but also she a little prego and she emotional. But she's still a dick, which is part of why she gets, you know, whatever. Like, they're they're so all that conflict. But it's not really Dina's fault. Curtis is really the one that manipulates. He makes CC, he, he like, pulls CC under his wing. He gets Dina, his little trap. Mm -hmm. Laurel's also kind of there, but she has a different plot line. It's more her relationship with Jimmy and all that. I was reading on that, too. That's, like, the only thing that they wrote in the article about her is... She's she's a little more interesting, because her, like, they talk about in some of the songs, her, like, plot 
thing is that she's um, she's a little more in the background, and she's 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 trying to express to them in some of the songs that she's as much a part of the group as any of those two, and she's she's still holding down the fort, right? Yeah. As that soprano holding it down, literally. And um, but she kind of gets pushed to the sidelines by these huge personalities of those two mm. fighting for the spotlight, right? Um, and then and then a lot of it goes into her her plotline with Jimmy. I think there was some stuff that could have been Noah Laurel's character. I don't know. Yeah. That's crazy. Crazy. So cool. So slay. Well, now that we're nearing the end, do you have anything else you would like to share with your audience about the show, about yourself, about anything? My name's Gabe. I'm six feet tall. Um, uh... That's awesome. No. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> That's so cool. Uh, anyways, no, I'm just. <laughs> I um, I just I just think it's a lovely show, and I think it's unique. I think the movie is a really good adaptation that makes it not feel like a musical. Not in a, like not to well, say no, musicals yeah. are bad, but it makes it feel like. Really personal. Like more well rounded, more like. More, yeah. It's more not just grounded, someone like personal. being all. Ah. And I think th- I think the musical is like that too. It's a lot more intimate, but I think the movie captures that, mm-hmm. and I think that's great because a lot of movie musicals, you know, they're music musicals, even when they ain't singing. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. With the exception of a few. I mean, like, I feel like Tick Tick Boom is very movie, more musical, mm-hmm. more movie, less musical. Mm-hmm. Besides the fact that it was just a very theatery show, but you know yeah. what I mean. Um, yeah, I just think, I just think the the cast of both of those big productions were incredible, especially the movie in terms of everybody who's not Effie. I mean, I love Jennifer. I just mean like I think it's more well rounded than the, the original. They're all they're all yeah. great, but Jamie Fox, Beyonce, fucking Tiana, bro, mm-hmm. as Laurel, yeah. and um, and Cece. Why I don't know who he is. <laughs> I'm gonna be real, <laughs> you guy. <laughs> Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy, I think that was one of his best performances that I've seen him in. Really? Mm-hmm. I think he brought so much to that character, and they gave him a lot to work with, and they they really rounded him out. They fleshed him out a lot more than in the musical, which he served his role in the musical, mm-hmm. which is as, you know, he's he's a crazy guy. Like, whatever. Yeah. He's, he's all over the place, and he wants to stay in the past. That's the whole conflict with him. He wants to stay in the past and do soul, and then... But Curtis is like, we got to get on the pop charts. We need to do what people want. True. So it's it's a whole, there's a lot of layers to the show, and yeah. I really like it. I think it's beautiful character work. I think it's, it's one of those shows I feel like you don't want to, like, stop watching when the music stops. You know what I mm. mean? Because mm-hmm. that's some shows you kind of, like, tune out, like, whatever. Yeah. But I really love it. I think the music is gorgeous. I think that it you can be produced in a million different ways and I would kiss all those productions on the mouth and I no, exactly. like it. You That's like it? Condition. You just like it? I just like it. That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> all yeah. right. Yeah. Well, if that's everything, it looks like that's all the time we have for today. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Play On Words and thank you, Gabe, for joining. Me and the audience joining us today and talking about Dream Girls with me. Be sure to check out the soundtrack on Spotify or whatever whatever source you use to listen to music, whether it be Amazon, whether it be YouTube, you know, just give it a listen. Or watch the movie on any Uh streaming service. 
Um, oh, and, and, and if you won't don't want to commit to any of those, look up Jennifer Holliday and I'm telling you how going. The Tony performance, four minutes long. You can just see that climax song that I'm talking about so much, and it works as a standalone. You, I mean, it goes harder when you know what's going on, but mm-hmm. but it's the it's 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 one of the best Tony performances I think that has ever been touched. Like she, Literally. her soul into that. No one's done it like her. Sorry, Jennifer Hudson, she killed it. But uh, but but no one's done it like her. No one's yeah. done that song like her. And I think you should just watch that, if nothing else. All right. Well, you heard it here, and you heard it first. Slay. From Gabe Root. Gabe Root. All right. Well, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.